What is good, everybody? This is Sherry Stripes, episode number 11. And um, we are here. I'm here with Allie. Hey, guys. And, and I we, mean, we, we got an interesting one to talk about, I guess. Yeah, we are already starting off in shambles because that game last night was um, history for the wrong reasons. But we got to cover this whole four-game set that we had over the past three days against the Cleveland Guardians, wrapping up not only the season, the series that we put in Cleveland this year, also the season series against Cleveland. And I got to say, thank God, because I could not stand playing them anymore. No, I'm so happy that we're done for the season against them. So, um, yeah, they, they had to play two on Monday. We had one on Tuesday and one on Wednesday. and. The one on Wednesday will probably be the main focus of this episode because, boy, we're gonna have to break that one down and and like I promised, I'm gonna I'm not holding back that game. That should have never happened. I'm gonna be honest, but I'll get into that more when we get to that. But um, at least we have up, some we have some positive things to talk about a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to start with a rough rough game and then we gotta end with a rough game. But we got the two good ones in between at least. Better than nothing. Um, so, first game was a 3-10 start on Monday afternoon. Tigers played a straight doubleheader in Cleveland um, to make up the game that was postponed in on Sunday in July, the one I was going to go to. Um, Tigers lost that one 4-1 in the middle of that, um, that no-offense streak, which somewhat ended after this game, but we'll get into that when we get to see fit. But, um, again, we've... They had a total of three hits this game. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, and we were going off of, like I said, uh, Aaron Savale was the guy who pitched for Cleveland, and I, I said it in the last pod that he owned us in our last start against him. And I thought that we might get owned by him again. I didn't know it would be this bad. Yeah, that was rough. Like, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna go six innings of only three hit ball with one run, and ten strikeouts against the guy who had who had a six ERA coming into the game. Like, how Just, does how does that even happen? Like, I don't understand. I mean, I know it's us, so obviously anything can happen. But literally, you know. should not have, like statistically, it's it's shouldn't be impo- shouldn't even be possible. But because we're the Detroit Tigers, apparently, Cleveland pitchers just have their way against us, and having Aaron Savale just throw ten strikeouts against you is a great example to that. And I mean, we had a total of 13 strikeouts just in the first game alone. Yeah, everybody in the lineup except Eric Haas struck out at least once on in the first game of that doubleheader on Monday. And I will give them credit, they did score one run in the first inning, but um, that was all they scored. So I can't really give them a whole lot of credit for that. No, and I mean also let's look that um, Baez hit his or had his twentieth uh, error this game, 
as yes, well. He did. Still, still leading the MLB with the most number of errors, but now we have moved into the 20s. So awesome. Yeah, and he leads the air the league in errors by a considerable margin. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Javi Baez. Well, actually, it's closer than I thought. It was. I believe it was like 20 to 14, but now it's Javi Baez with 20 errors. Second in second place is Bobby Witt with 18, and then Jorge Mateo with 15. So Javi Baez, like I said, and I feel like half of those errors have been within the past month or two since Torch been set Torch, down. Torch saved his ass very many times. Yeah, he, he literally got bailed out by his, his errant throws so many goddamn times. It, and since he's not here, you can't expect Harold Castro or whoever's playing, or Cody Clemens to save his ass every goddamn play. I do have to say it's been getting better, though. Like, uh, Castro's been, I feel, adjusting a little bit more at first base since Torch's been set out. Yeah, Lately, I feel like he is, but I feel like he needs to play some more positions because he's a utility guy. You can't really depend on him to play the same position every time. Yeah, no, definitely. Because if I'm looking at it right here, there's a stat that a place on the MLB website where I can check and see how many start games he's played by position. Harold Castro has played 35 games at first base, 22 games at third base, 18 games at shortstop. Three games in left field, two games at second base, and one game in center. So, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not getting a a uh, a divisive meaning of positions, but like I feel like he needs to. He's played like so many games at first base recently. I feel like it needs to change a little bit. I definitely agree with that. Um. But, yeah, moving on to the hitting aspect of that game, there's not much to talk about, of course. Um, only the first three guys in the lineup provided the only three hits of the game. And I'm pretty sure those were within, like, the first three innings, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah the first two, two of them were in the first inning. The, other one, the only other hit was in the top of the third. And after that, the Tigers got no hit, so... Um, yeah, Riley Green, one for four with a run scored. Um, Victor Reyes, one for three with a, with a walk. Uh, Javi Baez, one for four with a double and a strikeout. Harold Castro brought in the only RBI on a sack fly, but he also struck out twice. Uh, Miggy went 0 for, th- 0 for four with three strikeouts, and this, I believe, was his only start in the series because of his uh, knee issue, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe it was. Uh, Candelario 0 for 3. Eric Haas 0 for 2 with a walk. Jonathan Scope 0 for 3. Akil Badu 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. They had 13 strikeouts compared to two walks. And I know we literally had a similar stat to that, but like that's unbelievable. Yeah, the ratio to walks and strikeouts has been horrendous lately. I mean, I saw something about how I think it had to deal with. I think it was yesterday's game. I don't know. They're all clashing together, but Riley Green walked for like the second time in like fifty-one plate appearances or something like that. Like yeah. it was, it was a while between his his last walk and the walk. Yeah, he's been, been he's been expanding the zone more than I'd like to admit. 
Mm-hmm. Although he is still making contact, which is more better to say than the rest of this team. But like he is having like a like I said, he's had a very high strikeout rate as of recent, and I feel like that needs to be addressed. But of course, Scott Coolball is still here, so I feel like he's not gonna fix that at all. So I mean, let's just hope that he can like learn to take a few more pitches while he's up there, because I feel like I've seen too many times where he's gone down on three pitches. Mm-hmm. No, especially recently. It's been very, he's been striking out a lot. So hopefully, I mean. I might as well mention this. It's a little off topic, but I'm bringing up because I have a game on on my left here. Um, As we're recording this, it is about 227 on Thursday afternoon. And apparently the Cardinals are up six to nothing and they are pinch hitting Albert Pujols with the bases loaded in the bottom of the third. So. That is pretty odd. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if they have like an injury or something. I'm just kind of like keeping an eye on this because every time Albert comes up to the plate and he just hit a grand slam. Are you serious? Yeah, he actually just did. Line drive to left field. 10 nothing Cardinals in the third inning. Dang, that's awesome. Number 690 of his career. That is awesome. It was a line drive to left field. I know we're kind of going off track here, but that's history right there. 10 away from 700. I know he probably won't get there, but every time Albert hits a home run, you got to you got to take it in a little bit. Yes, definitely. And I believe that's like his third home run within the past week or so, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I I feel like it. There's been a lot this last week. I think it's got to be like number three. Yeah, but um, moving on back to the game we we're in question here. Um, Drew Hutchison started game one of that doubleheader. He did Drew Hutchison things where he had that like one inning where he has absolutely dog shit, but then was like calmed down from that point on. He went five in the third innings, allowed seven hits, one run, which was earned, walked one, struck out four. His ERA on the season is now down to 4.23, which is better than I thought it would be. Yeah. He also did hit over, uh, he, he got over 100 pitches, which I think was the first time this season. Yeah, which is, it was actually, I think, the first time he's done that since like 2016, I believe. And that was back when he was on the Blue Jays, I want to say. Let me just make let me just make sure. Uh, nope, it was on the Pirates. And then I know he was not good there, but um, but he he was decent. I'll give him that. I don't like talking about the guy, but he's he was actually kind of decent in the game on Monday. Of course, the offense was not there to back him up, so that doesn't really make a, doesn't really make it any better. You know, this, the typical day-to-day story of this team. But, um, and then in the sixth inning after Hutchison went out over 101, Will Vest would come in and um, he would go an inning, allow one hit on two runs, walked one, struck out one, and took the loss in the game on Monday. I'm sorry, I'm bringing it up a little bit. 
But at that point, it was kind of it was basically over because, like I said, the offense was anemic in the first game. Which I mean, when we compare it to the second game, it'll sound like a fever dream. But um, yeah, Andrew Chafin would come in. He would allow, I believe, his third his third home run of the season and his first off of a lefty, I believe. Yes, I do remember reading that. And I remember he he said after the game, I believe he didn't. It was it was either this game or it might have been another one. I'm not sure. I think he he might have said something. Or was it the second game? I could have been wrong. Um, but one of the two games, he said something like. I hung a slider. He should have hit it 300 feet more. It was the, like one of the funniest quotes of the year. I got to be honest, because because Andrew Chafin's a guy who does not take anything seriously, and um, it was pretty damn funny to hear him su- say that. But um, those are always great. Yeah, it it made me laugh a little bit because I know he he wasn't take he he seems to take. Baseball is the second thing. Uh, Billy Peralta, they came in in the eighth and, allowed, and struck out nobody, but he walked one person and didn't do any damage past that, which, I'll be honest, I have not seen Willie Peralta in a while. He has not been getting Ben's use out of that pen since getting moved back there. No, I, I literally, because I, the other day, once, um, school bowl got moved to like the um 60 day interlist i like redid the list i was wor- or i had i think going for like our injured starting pitchers um and i like i was like looking at all of our um like injured lists and i was like i didn't i to be honest i didn't even remember him being back up here like i i, I do remember I think he got optioned i think he got called up like during that raise series but i could be wrong yeah like it just didn't I get he just hasn't played in quite a bit of time, or if he has, I just haven't even noticed. He always shows up in the games where basically the game's either already over or he's in there just to get innings because he only pitches like it seems like either once or twice a week at this point, which he's better than that. Yeah, definitely. I feel he should be out there more, especially since Fulmer's been gone and all of that other stuff. And I mean, Definitely, there's been. I mean, we keep bringing Cisneros out, who obviously hasn't been doing too hot, so which we'll get into because yeah, we'll see we, that we in the later games. Do. But um, but yeah, I think I can cover up what we did in the first game because there was not a whole lot more to talk about. Thirty no, minutes in that one. Go ahead. We got. I was going to say we got something cooking at least in the second one. Yeah. 30 minutes after the first game, the second game started and the Tigers won that game, breaking the eight game losing streak they had going on at that time, seven to five. And the offense actually showed up. Carrie Carpenter became alive. We, We really saw that in this game. That's when he really started to like pick up. Yeah, it was an offensive explosion. I mean, you had guys in the lineup hitting who you never thought would actually bring in, be able to produce. Like, there were three guys in the lineup on Monday's second game that had three hits. Victor Reyes, Kerry Carpenter, and Tucker Barnhart, believe it or not. I 
I had a double take when I saw that at first that he was actually hitting the ball because I've been so critical of him. I know. But, um, it was it was an interesting game. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. It actually seemed to be an enjoyable game for once because we, like I said, we were hitting the ball for once. Everybody in the lineup outside of Harold Castro and Cody Clements, who I believe was a late addition to the line, or no, he was yeah. scheduled. He, everybody outside of those two had a hit, and um, the Tigers ended up getting 15 hits, which is, which I, I saw that, and I'm like, where has this been? We're literally three the first game and 15 the second game. Can we just, like, split them down the middle? Can we have even, like, can we, like, do this, can we just have an average number for all of these games? Yeah, it was very odd, the number, like, Especially considering um, most of that offense was not even off of the starter for Cleveland other than the hits. The runs came off of the bullpen, mostly. Um, Cleveland had Xavion Curry making his Major League debut. He went five innings, allowed eight hits, three runs, all were earned, walked one, and struck out three. And he didn't get a decision because uh, Eli Morgan then came in, allowed a, allowed one inning, sorry, one inning, allowed two hits, both were runned, walked nobody, and allowed two home runs, which were back to back off by um, by uh, was Jonathan Scope and Kerry Carpenter getting his first major league home run, like back to back, back to back pitches too, I believe, yes, wasn't it, was. it? Yeah, it was. Like, that was kind of epic to watch I'm not gonna lie like that really that really fueled like the rest of this game like because I know we had by that point we had three runs on the board but like just those back-to-back homers really I think alive the rest of the game yeah it really did make things a little more energetic towards the rest of that game um Brian Shaw then came in in the seventh inning he went an inning, allowed four hits, two runs, which were both earned, walked nobody, and struck out two. His ERA is now 5.4. And then the other two guys in the bullpen, I'm not even going to mention because they both shut us down at that point on. But um, moving on to the Tigers offense, we can actually go a little more in depth here because we actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Riley Green, one for five, although he did strike out three times. Which, like I said, that is kind of concerning. Yes, it's but he's been concerning me a little bit. Like there's some days that are better than better than others, and then there's I don't know. I'm really hoping something starts to click again. I hate. I mean, I know it happens to all of them, but I definitely believe he's just swinging it a little too much. Um, Victor Reyes went three for five with two RBIs. In a strikeout, um, yeah, that was a oh, very on par for him. He'll have a game like that every once in a while, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Willie Castro hitting third went two for four with an RBI and a walk. Um, Javi Baez went one for five. Uh, Harold Castro zero for five. Jonathan Scope two for five with that home run, although he did strike out three times. Um, 
Carrie Carpenter obviously was the player of the game. If you want to like put one into the into the record books, he went three for four with a home run, a double, and and a single, I believe. Yeah, because he was only uh, triple away from a cycle that night, and he almost had another at bat too. He just messed yeah, he, up. He um he was going off on Tuesday, on to on Monday night. It was yeah. it was insane. It's like something just clicked, and I'm pretty sure I was watching one of the interviews about how like something was like off with his swing, and he like adjusted it, and you can tell, like you can completely tell something switched. Yeah, it and it definitely helped that one of the guy the guy who started for Cleveland um, to on Monday night was also a guy he'd faced in the minor leagues, so mm-hmm. able to hit off of him probably adjusted helped his confidence a little bit. Definitely. Uh, Tucker Barnhart, like I mentioned, three for four with two RBIs, and I believe they were all sing- all singles. Which I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But he at least he actually produced for the first time, and it seemed like forever. I think that was his first three hit night of the season as well. Yeah, and it was his first in over a year. Yeah, and bring- having two RBIs, I believe, was the second time this season. So, um, Cody Clemens obviously was batting ninth. He went 0 for 4, which I can't knock him too much. He was, I mean, it's just had a rough night. Yeah. But, but, um, the pitching performance for the Tigers was pretty good. I mean, I'll not knock it a whole lot because there's not really a whole much to talk about here. Uh, Brian Garcia started and as the 27th man of the doubleheader, he went six innings. Allowed five hits, three runs, all earned, walked nobody, and struck out five and allowed the two home runs. Which, I mean, it's good for him. I mean, I'll, I'll give him credit yeah. when he has good starts. He got his first win, so. Yeah, it might have even been his first as a starter, too. I'm not even sure. But um, Jose Cisnero went one-third of an inning in the game on the seventh inning, he only went like I said one third of an inning, allowed a hit and a run earned, walked two. His ERA is only two point one six, but people have been mentioning, and I know you've mentioned it that um his walk numbers are way higher compared to last year since coming yeah. up. Yeah, no, and definitely. It's been a little rough to watch him lately. And I've heard, like, there were some people saying that he should be optioned tomorrow when eventually we'll probably call up Eduardo Rodriguez for the game on Sunday, which we'll get into later. But um, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets optioned at this point because he has not pitched in many games, and when he has, it's not been very great. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, Joe Jimenez then came on, finished that inning off with no da- no further damage. Went the two thirds of an inning and and got no and got the two men out. Alex Lang then came on in the eighth, had a scoreless inning, and then Gregory Soto had nearly shit his pants yet again, but he did get the save. He went one inning, allowed two hits, and and allowed a run to score, but he did get the save. Although it probably could have been a little less, could have been easier on my. Um, on my heartburn, at least. 
Yeah, I really, to be honest, I was really worried. I was not sure what was going to happen with that. Because he allowed the leadoff double, and I, and he allowed that run to come across. But after that, he got it, got everything under control, it seemed to me. Yeah, which was very good. I mean, it's a very 50-50 split of what Soto you're going to see when he comes out. So It seemed like we had a mix of that on Monday night. He, had like a, he was wild at first and then kind of caught and collected himself. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like, like I said, it was kind of a split between what we've been seeing. Yeah. Um, I think we can go ahead and move on to Tuesday's game, which is going to be a another one we're probably going to talk about mostly compared to these past two. Um, because I feel like if I don't talk about the elephant in the room here for this for this game, I'm probably going to get owned by a bunch of people who do not like me. But um, I'll be I'll be the first to say that that call in the first inning was utter bullshit. And oh. yeah, no, I I definitely went in favor of us, and but I've seen it. I mean, I feel lately that call has been, they really have not known how to make that call correctly lately. If you don't know what we're things. talking about, um, in the first inning, Javi by or was Harold Castro hit a bouncing ball off the bag at second base. Javi Baez tried to score on it, got thrown out at the plate. But then A.J. Hinch challenged it, saying that Austin Hedges was not allowing Baez a running lane to the plate, which is basically the Buster Posey rule. And they reviewed it and said that he wasn't, that uh, Hedges was in violation of that rule, which I'll be the first to, like I said, I believe that was a bullshit review, because how are you going to say it was definitive? It's really, there's like a loophole in the rules there, because you can't really say it's definitive because you gotta like inter- you gotta, it's up to your own interpretation it's not like every other call where it's either it's player's day that one's up to like you decide territory yeah obviously it was nice to experience a call for once going to like it really hasn't happened that much this season of a call being in our favor but I definitely can see the frustration from the other team from this call because obviously there's not a like you said there's not a definitive answer correct answer really to that call and i know that they had um overturned this call two other times within the previous two weeks i believe one of them was in uh, against blue blue jays against uh kc and and i I believe that was an extra innings and the twins got that call overturned, and Rocco Baldelli ended up getting ejected from that game. Oh yes, that was the that was the chicken shit interview, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then, um, the other one was in the game. It was the Orioles against the let's see, the Orioles against the Pirates on the same day. They had two calls of that on the same day, where they reviewed it in replay and overturned it both times. So. There have been, I guess, there have been, that rule has been taken more into accountability recently. And quite honestly, I feel like the league needs to do something about it because I feel like, well, all these people realizing that it's being challenged and getting overturned basically every time, I feel like yeah, more managers are going to challenge for that and it's going to make things a whole lot more uglier. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that because 
I mean, by the end of by the end of the game on Tuesday or Tuesday two, there was that call in the ninth, and I honestly really thought we were going to have like a a benches cleared fight because Cleveland was obviously having a lot of anger towards the team at that point. Yeah, we'll get into that later, but I wanted to also mention the the fact that like. Like I said, I feel like if that rule is going to be overturned basically every time, especially when you have catchers, like, I think they even asked Eric Haas after the game, like, hey, are you in favor of this rule? And he said, no, I'm not. I'm in favor of the contact with the uh, with the runner yeah. rule that they had in place before this, which, and a lot of people agree with that. I understand that they're trying to do it for the safety of the catcher, but half the time they're just taking away the runner at the plate, and I think this wasn't even the first time that this call had been made. If I recall it correctly, I'm going to look it up on my computer here. I believe there was a Reds-Marlins game in 2014. I believe it was the first instance of call of this exact call being made. And nobody talked about it at that time. Yeah, it was, it was uh, July 31st, 2014. Uh, Zach Cozart tried to score on a home on a sack fly, and they called the same thing and reviewed it for like five minutes, and said that he was safe because of the same rule. Yeah, it de- it's definitely going to get messy if they don't clarify some things with this rule. I think but, too many. I think too many people are going to. I think they're going to try to overturn too many of them. Because, like, what is the definition of blocking the lane anymore? Because, like, yeah. what is the lane? Is it, like, the line, like, the the chalk line of fouling ground to third base, the baseline there? Is that what the lane is? Like, honestly, I'm not even sure what they declare is the lane. But, yeah. um... They need to make it more clear, or more clear about all of that, for sure. Yeah. Moving on, though... Um, obviously, like I said, Baez ended up scoring on that play, so the Tigers ended up making taking a one nothing lead. And then the very next batter, Kerry Carpenter, hit another home run, and that gave the Tigers a three nothing lead in the first inning, which was nice to have a run, a lead like that this early in a game. Okay. It felt I mean, I felt that made me feel a little bit calmer going into the rest of the game if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it it got uglier towards the end was, of the game. It was also, but... Oh, for sure. But it was also nice to see that he hit um, back-to-back home runs in two games, and that was a two-run homer, so obviously it helped a lot. Yeah. Um, the Guardians would score one in the bottom of the third or bottom of the first. Tigers would score one in the bo- in the top of the third. Wouldn't score from that on, on, which will lead me into the box score, which I'll read over quickly here. Riley Green 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Again, I don't want to get into that. I've already said it before, but he needs to fix that. Victor Reyes 1 for 5. Javi Baez 1 for 4. Harold Castro, three for five with two RBIs. Kerry Carpenter, two for three with a single and a homer. Uh, Jonathan Scope, one for four. Candelario, 0 for four. Tucker Barnhart, one for three. And Akil Badu, two for four. 
the strikeouts were very down in that game. There were only th- only six as compared to the 13 on the first game on Monday. Yeah. Like, the walk, I mean, it was four walks and six strikeouts. Like, that, I would say, is, like, a decent ratio when it comes to that. And we have not had that kind of ratio in a while. So, I mean, definitely much needed for this team. As I mentioned, there was an error committed by the Tigers in this game on a Baez grounder, but this time it was actually not Baez's fault. It was a missed catch by Harold Castro that was ruled in his. It was a rule error on him, which is his ninth, which I didn't even know he had that many errors. But, um, but um, yeah. You know we, re- you know we really can't go a game without an error. So at this point, it's just nice when we end up having a game without one. I'm just trying to check here. I, I don't I'm trying to see when we had our last. You know, we had some runners in the seventh too, but um, but moving on, we're gonna jump ahead in here to the seventh inning because there was one other call that I feel like um was not was not mentioned a whole lot after the. Over other two, there was a review that the Tigers initiated on, or I think the Guardians challenged it on a strike him out, throw him out, or no, it was a tr- Stephen Kwan tried to steal second base. The Guardians challenged it, and it looked like to me at least, I'm not sure about you, it looked like to me that Kwan got in there, but they reviewed it and up and upheld the decision. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I don't, I don't remember watching this in the game. Honestly, I don't know if I remember seeing it, but seeing you play it, I would say he touched base before Baez got him. They probably went with the, like, oh, there was not enough evidence to overturn it, but, like, that angle right there shows it pretty, pretty clearly. Yeah, and that reminds me of the game, the call that we had in the first game of this series which was basically the exact same, except I believe they did, which was basically the same thing uh, reviewed and not overturned in the Tigers' favor, which obviously we don't need to go much into that because we didn't do much in that game. But Let's just say that the um, scorecards have been like interesting this week. The only the game that I think... In this series, the whole umpires in that entire series were awful. Except I... for like... The scorecard, I think, in the second game, the second game on Monday was, like, relatively, I think it was, like, relatively good. But, like, it's been rough. It's been rough, this series. Yeah, the umpiring crew they threw out there and the and the umpiring crew in New York making the replays were awful this entire series. Um, oh, did you see the one for yesterday's game? I'm sorry, I just looked at it. Yeah, I'm going to get into that when we get over to that yeah. one. Yeah. The umpiring in the game last night was awful as well. In general, it was just terrible. Um, but moving on to the ninth, Gregory Soto came in again, tried to nail down a 4-3 to save, and I believe he let off the inning with a single. I'm not quite sure if I, if I remember that. It was either a single or a double. Uh, yeah, it was a double by Tyler Freeman. Austin Hedges bunted him over, and then the other controversial call, they ruled that, um, they originally ruled that Miles Straw fouled off a 
pitch that he clearly missed. I'm not going to hold back on this one. He clearly missed the ball, swung and missed in a pitch in the dirt, but they ruled that he had fouled it off. And then umpires got together, and the home plate umpire in this game, which I believe was Lance Barksdale, came out and he says, I think he said, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't see it. Can you guys, like, overcorrect me or whatever? And then they ruled that he did strike out, and then everything, all shit broke loose at that point. I'll, I'll just put it bluntly. I definitely, like, it was pretty clear, though, that that, like, the ball, like, was in the catcher's gloves. Like, you, it did not make contact with the bat at all. It didn't. And I think the main reason that the Guardians were upset with it was because the ball moved around in Tucker Barnhart's glove after he caught the ball, which reminded me a lot of, like, a football catch where it's, like, in the process of the catch and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, But, um... it almost there was a few players that were trying to go out onto the field from Cleveland's dugout. Yeah. Like, uh, first off, after they overturned it, uh, Terry Francona came out, and obviously, you cannot argue reversals of decisions on the field. And he got thrown out of the game, which obviously, whenever you see a guy get kicked out, it's always a little fun entertainment. Mm-hmm. And um, he was going off like he honestly had a good argument because. Like I said, you can, he he was probably saying like, "How do you not see that?" and then ask your buddies for help. Yeah, but uh, I think the center fielder got ejected that game as well after that call yeah. in the ninth. Well, then after he struck out, went back into the dugout and kept arguing the third base umpire Nestor Seja or Seja or whatever, and he got kicked out of the game in the middle of a pitch. Like, as soon as the pitch was delivered, he called time and then got and threw out straw. And, um, and at that point, it was basically, like I said, it was all hell, hell broke loose at that point. Yeah. And, um, and then the next batter grounded back to Soto and he got the final out of the game. So it was a very interesting win. I'll put it at that. Not saying it was deserved, not saying it wasn't, but. It was a very eventful win. Yes. And I might as well mention Garrett Hill did get the win on Tuesday, his third of the season. Yeah, he did. As, he did. as the Cardinals have just homered again, it is now 12 to nothing in the fifth inning. Dang. Lars Newtbar with his sixth home run of the season. Man, the Rockies, like. I genuinely feel bad for them. I know I'm kind of going off track with that, but like, you all know that we just get sidetracked really easily. So, <laughs> Jason Foley then came in. He went an inning allowed a hit and a run, but it was not earned because of that Harold Castro error. Mm-hmm. Joe Jimenez came in in the eighth, allowed one run, one run on two hits, struck out one. Tigers only had five strikeouts in the entire game. There was a, not many strikeouts total. Combined by both teams, there were only 11 strikeouts. Which is, a, is less than some of our games we've had the last week. So, yeah. So, yeah. Now we got to talk about uh, the game yesterday, which... Um, I, oh do have to give, I do have to say one more thing about when, or Tuesday's game, is that Soto managed to close it out Two games in a row. I'll give him credit for that. 
that was i i mean gotta take the wins where we get them but okay yeah now we can get into the mess of yesterday so yesterday the tigers lose i'll put an asterisk <laughs> on it oh hold on hold on albert nods foul Damn it! I thought I thought Pujols hit another one. It just hooked foul just at the very end. But um, but yeah, the Tigers lose. I'll put an asterisk on it because it shouldn't have fucking counted. Um, lose eight to four in a game where the Tigers had the side struck out in the eighth inning, yet the Guardians scored six. They struck out four batters in in the eighth inning, and and they still lost by putting up six runs. Which we'll get into that inning and break it down. But want to go ahead and talk about the first few innings here. Um, Guardians scored first, or I'll put up. I'll say Daniel Norris started for the Tigers today. He went five innings allowed, or yesterday, I should say. <laughs> Went five innings, allowed four hits, one earned run, walked two, and struck out four, which, good for him. I mean, he's been looking way better than he did in, in uh, Chicago. Yeah. At the beginning of the game, I, I was a little worried, but he definitely picked it up and managed to finish off relatively well. Yeah, he definitely was better. Than, he was definitely good. I'll put it to that. Yeah. Uh, Cisnero then came in in the in the sixth. He went one inning, allowed one hit, one run, but it was not earned. And I'm not sure as to why, because I don't see any errors. Yeah. Um, because was her, it wasn't it was Norris, right, that hit the three batters yesterday. Yeah, it was. That's why it was I was a little worried at the beginning, but he managed to recover from that, so yeah, he walked one, struck out one, and his ERA is now 1.93, which, I mean, it's that's decent. Even though his walk number is a little high, that's pretty good after coming back after not seeing, like, the first three, four months of the season, basically. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Will Vest pitched the seventh, had no issues, struck out one. And then this stat right here, I'm sure you're seeing it too, Andrew Chafin took the loss, but also got the hold. That is insane right there. You, you will never see that again. He took no. the hold in the game, but also took the loss. Yeah, that, it's very, that's very interesting to see. And the hold is there because he struck out the side. But And like I said, we'll get into that more. But he struck out the side, but still... Didn't get didn't get out of the eighth, and then Alex Lang blew it open after that, which we'll get into that more. But um, moving on to the hitting, Guardian scored first on a on a Oscar Gonzalez double in the third inning. Uh, Tigers would score then four unanswered runs, two in the fourth, one in the fifth, and one in the sixth, which is a solo home run by Willie Castro. And um, hitting was, I mean, they got four runs, but they only got them on five hits. So that was concerning to me. Yeah. That, I don't understand that. I really don't understand how that happened, to be honest. But, I mean, like, 
are like, especially compared to the game beforehand where we ended up with like so many hits and then to have like so few hits, but still manage to have four runs. I don't know. Yeah, they went probably green 0 for 3, walked 1, struck out 2. Victor Reyes, one for th- one for two with an RBI and a run scored, walked twice, so he he only got off. He only was not on base one at bat. Javi Baez, one for four with a run scored. Harold Castro, zero for two, but then came out with a I believe it was a thumb soreness. Mm-hmm. And then Willie Castro came in and obviously hit the home run as soon as he came out. Terry Carpenter went zero for two. Although he did get a sack fly and he did get a walk, did walk. So he, I won't cut, I won't give him a whole lot of crap for that. Um, Eric Haas had was one for four with a with an RBI single, I believe. Uh, Jonathan Scope zero for four with two men left on base. Cody Clemens zero for four with two strikeouts. Akil Badu one for four with an a run scored and a and two two strikeouts. So. Um, basically back to like us not making contact with the ball. Yeah, but at least they did at least score a few runs for once. Yes. At least we were able to this time bring in runs with the few times we did make contact. Which usually doesn't um, happen, so. So yeah, moving on. Bottom of the sixth, the Guardians bring it 4-2 to two on a, what was it? It was, um, I'm sorry. Let's see. Oh, it was a strikeout and a wild pitch. Or a pass ball, I think. Uh-huh. That brought in that run. And obvi- now we gotta tackle the fucking elephant in the room, which... Oh my god. I'll, only the Detroit Tigers... I'll say this. The Detroit Tigers would only be the only team in Major League... Or no, the only team in Major League history, I believe. I gotta find this tweet. But I saw it last night, I couldn't believe it. Gotta scroll down a little bit, because I... Liked so many tweets today because of the how many people were upset with the uh, Deshaun Watson news, which I'm not going to get into. But um, where was it? Oh, I might have went too far. Let's see. Uh, I don't remember. It was like it was like the first team in Major League history to strike out three or more. Or I think it was like they'll strike out four batters, but allow six runs or more in an inning. Yeah, I mean we've made some history this season. Definitely not the more positive side of it, but they they they've managed to somehow make these things happen. They definitely j- grabbed victory from or grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory. Last night, so I'll try and bring it break it down as much as I can here. Um, so like I said, Andrew Chafin struck out the side, but on the third on that last pitch, he was a wild pitch that Eric Haas could not track down and allowed. Um, I forgot. Let's see what his name was, and allowed Luke Maley to get the first base. After that, Miles Straw singled. That brought Luke Maley to second. And then Stephen Kwan doubled down the right field line. It was a ground rule double that brought in a run. Although the game would have probably been tied at that point if it didn't go into the seats. 
which, um, at that point, I mean, think both of us were, like, internally, like, screaming. Oh, yes, and, very much. And then Andrew, Alex Lang came in, and at that point, the fucking wheels came off the shitty-ass bus. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ahmed Rosario then singled on the weakest fucking dribbler down the third baseline I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like, oh my god, that should not have stayed fair, but it did. And it got the tying run across. Yeah. And at that and at that point, I'm like, okay, that is extremely unlucky, but like, how can we get how can it be any worse? Oh, but it can. Yeah, which leads me into a fucking bloop double by Jose Ramirez on a ball that that Akil Badu just straight up fucking gave up on, it seemed, to me. Yeah, it really did. Like, there is no reason he shouldn't have been able to track that ball. Like, especially with his goddamn speed, at least try and dive for the ball. Like, fucking Christ. Like, I'm not gonna cut him too much slack if I love the man, but like, you need to make at least try for the ball. Don't let it go past you. Yeah, then it literally just rolls away from him. And he allowed and that allowed two men to score and Ramirez to get to second base. And at that point it was now six to four when it should have been four to two and the inning should have been over. And then and after that. Oscar Gonzalez went doubled to left field and it barely didn't and it barely stayed in the yard because of that high wall they got there in Cleveland. That made it seven to four. They then intentionally walked Josh Naylor to put a runner on first, put a runner on first and second. To which Owen Miller then singled in another run. And that made it eight to four. And then Andres Jimenez finally fucking struck out swinging. The fourth strikeout in the inning after the Guardians scored six runs on a on a strikeout wild pitch. I I got no fucking words. Like honestly, that they I said it last night. I'm gonna say it again. That strikeout wild pitch rule should not be in the league. I know a lot of people like that rule, but like seriously, you're gonna let a guy get on base just because the, he struck out and. The guy didn't catch you. I mean, you got fooled so badly that the ball got past you and you still get a fucking free base out of it. Yeah. No. It, it was. That was just. I could not. I could not watch that inning. Like, I was watching it, the game on and off last night. And, like, then I saw the first notification come in for the eighth inning. And then I saw another one. And I'm like, God damn, I'm not turning this on. I can't watch this. And then I saw all the like highlights of it coming out on Twitter timeline and I was just it was so bad. Like there's no words to describe. I mean, if obviously it's a very on par thing for this type of thing to happen, but like god damn, we can't catch a break. Like this like, things just can't come easy for this team. I mean, and like I said, this was the first time in Major League history in the modern era of baseball that a team struck out four times in an inning, but also scored six runs. 
it it happened to be off of the Tigers, and everyone's gonna be laughing at us for that. And and uh, let me let me look at the replies because I'm sure I seen it on ESPN stats and info last night too. Let me see. I, it was, I can't even imagine. It was right here. Tonight, the Guardians struck out three straight times to start the eighth inning, but then scored six runs after the third batter dropped the third strike. It's also the first time in the expansion era that his team struck out six runs, scored six runs in an inning after three batters all struck out. And then, let's see. Tigers making history. Um... Leave us alone. That's a Tiger fan. Uh, what else we got? Tiger. Troy needs to sell the Tigers. There's a lot more, like, people are more shocked than anything. But, like, there's some, like, can you explain how this happened? This is, this is the most Cleveland story time ever. I, I say that. Yeah, no, it's the most Detroit thing ever hap to happen to us. Yes, completely. 100%. I mean, it's the story of this season. Like, about everything. <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, I'm literally listening in the car and I'm losing my mind. Because, like, I was so damn furious that they found a way to lose in the most unbelievable way fashionable. And, of course, they brought in Class A in the ninth and we, and we uh, went 1-2-3 off of him. Yeah. And that's how the game ended. Yep. It was a rough one, to say the least. And I'll be the first to say, like, I feel like more people were not watching that game, it seemed like, to me. But I feel like if this was, like, opening day or something, like, the entire street city of Detroit would, like, burning down in frustration or something. Like, I just, I don't think a lot of people really were tuned into that game because, I mean, yes, people were, like, there was a lot of people, like, you could see on Twitter, like, mad about it, but it's definitely not being talked about, I feel, as much as it could be. So, with all that out of the way, now we can go ahead and talk about this upcoming series, whether it kills me or not. Which, um, like we've mentioned before, we probably are going, both of us are going to make some content for the game on Sunday, unless everything goes to, stays the way I hope it does, or whatever. Yes. But, um, tomorrow we start a three-game series at home against the LA Angels, which, by the way, they need to contract their franchise. That team is, I gotta mention, that team is, makes me so fucking mad. All the talent they have over there, and yet they still have, they are 51 and 67. I mean, let's look at it. Yes, I think it was yesterday where um, Otani, like, literally hit, like, he went four out of five at his at-bats, like, hit a home run, a double, like, brought in two RBIs, and they still, like, managed to, like, lose that game, which I yeah. feel is just, like, it's the story of how their season is going, too. Yeah, I'm trying to find it because I know you retweeted it. It was, where was it? Eh, maybe, maybe it went too far down. I think it was like, yeah, here it is. Otani went four for five with a home run, a triple, four RBIs, and two runs scored as the Angels lose 11 to seven. Like, they are, I feel like they're more laughed at than we are, but like, 
I gotta say, if some shit is gonna go down at a game, like, if something's gonna happen that's, like, so unbelievably crazy, I feel like it this weekend could be a potentially a good chance for that to happen. Because these teams, both of these teams are making history in the wrong ways, because obviously you had the, the Angels have been an absolute dumpster fire all season long. One good, I mean, they do have Trout coming back this weekend, so. Yeah, I mean, there is that. I mean, being able to see Trout and Otani for like the first time in forever in person, because last year when I when I went to see them there, they only had uh, Otani, so it was be cool to see them both playing. Yeah. But um, tomorrow night they start that three game set, and it'll be Patrick Sandoval for the Angels, who is three and eight with a three point four two ERA against Matt Manning, who still does not have a decision, but he also has a 3.24 ERA. So that one could be a toss-up. It depends on which offense shows up, because I know the Angels have had issues with their offense, too. Yeah, so it really is like a complete like draw about what's going to happen this series. Like It really could go either way, honestly, I feel. And then Saturday... I mentioned this before. Saturday is a one ten start, which does not make any sense to me. Mm-mm. It's a one ten start on Saturday, the August twentieth. Uh, you've got Reed Detmers going up against Tyler Alexander. Reed Detmers, a who's four and three with a three point four five ERA and a no hitter to his resume, and Tyler Alexander is two for seven, two and seven with a three point nine eight ERA. So that'll be interesting to see who yeah. will win that one. And then the game on Sunday, which is the one we will probably be attending, the pitching matchup looks amazing to me. Uh-huh. You have I'm, show. Go ahead. I'm I'm I was about to say I'm excited for this one. Yeah, you've got Shohei Otani pitching in his and I'm not sure if it's like 18th start or whatever it's 10 and 7 with a 2.69 ERA against Eduardo Rodriguez appearing out of thin air who was making I believe only his like I don't even know like his seventh start of the season I'm not even sure how many starts he's had he's only pitched in eight yes his ninth start of the season he's one and three with a 4.38 ERA and they'll be the first time he's pitched since uh, May 18th against the Rays. So, oh, but I mean, he, I mean, his starts have been getting, or have been like, I'd say pretty well at down at uh, Toledo. I mean, I just, I pulled up the tweet that was from yesterday about his last start in Toledo. He went six innings, five hits, one run, that being earned, one walk, 11 strikes strikeouts and through an immaculate inning as well so yeah. it'll be yeah. interesting if you can keep that up i'll be happy to see it yes but I mean, um, we, we could use it we could use that kind of pitching back up here so but uh yeah i think that'll just about wrap it up and like i said we will record some stuff for the game on sunday and talk about it then but uh anything else you want to say Thanks for listening. We really support it. We really appreciate it. All right. Just thanks for listening, everybody.